It's Real Talk with Raylene Chalinor, foster care and adoption. Hi, welcome back to another Real Talk. I'm your host, Raylene Chaloner, and this is Real Talk with real people about foster care and adoption. And today's Real Talk is with her right honorableness the one, the only, Judge Young. I don't know what to say. I don't know what your title is. You, I have technically. I'm what do I say? Presiding juvenile judge of Yavapai County. Presiding juvenile judge of Yavapai County. Okay. All I know is I was a little nervous. I was a little nervous coming. It's that whole authority thing, you know. Like even when my boss calls and I know I'm not in trouble, I feel like I'm in trouble. I yeah. see. Yeah. As long as I don't use your middle name, that means you're not in trouble, yeah. Oh, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. And yeah. very few people know my middle name. <laughs> um, so I am so excited. Thank you so much for offering and being willing to do this with me. Well, thank you for taking the time to come and talk to me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it means a lot to a lot of us. So um, we're just going to dig in. And we're Real Talk listeners, we're going to do a two-part. So listen this week, listen next week. This week, I just want to focus on Judge Young. I want to know um, a little bit more about you, the judge, the person under the cloak behind the gavel, if that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Okay, lovely. So in our little intro talking time before we hit record, you told me you were actually born in England. Right. Yeah, my mom is actually English. And my dad is American, and so my dad is originally from Texas, and my mother is British, which is kind of a funny combination. It is. And my dad was working overseas in the North Sea because he's in the oil business, and um, he had a friend who was American who was dating one of my mom's best friends. And so they um, set my mom and my dad up. No way. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And my parents just celebrated their 51st um, (gasps) anniversary the end of June. Oh, my gosh. That is so special. It really is. There's not a lot of that left. No. That's amazing. Yeah. What a cool legacy to be from. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, you just don't hear that a lot anymore. No. so, So you got to live in England for how long? I was there for probably... The first couple of years, mm-hmm. and we lived really close to where my mom's parents lived. So oh, I was okay. able to spend a lot of time with my maternal mm. grandparents, which was really nice. Yes. They were wonderful people, and um, my maternal grandmother only actually passed a couple of years ago. Wow. So I was really fortunate to have one grandparent in my life until I was in my 40s. Yes. Yeah. And did you get over there often to yes. visit? Especially towards um, the end of her life. Her birthday was in January, yeah, and so we would try to go in January, which is the worst time to go to the UK, (laughs) but it was her birthday, and we really thought that she'd live to be 100 because she wanted to get a telegram from From the Queen. From the Queen, right? Exactly. Yes. It's a big deal when you're British and you turn 100. Yes. Yeah, but she made it just shy of her 97th birthday. Oh, bless her heart. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, and so my parents actually just sold that house in England in October. Oh. Yeah. And there are they over here now? Yeah, my parents oh. actually retired to Prescott. Oh. Yeah, they retired to Prescott a year before I graduated from law school. So oh I'm really God. lucky and then my sister has moved here and so yes. my whole family's here. Oh, yeah. that's lovely. Yeah. Neat. Okay, so when you were the the 5-year-old you, the 6-year-old you over in England, and you got to see, you know, the parliament and the funny wigs and all of that. Was the five-year-old, six-year-old Judge Young lining up her little stuffed animals and wearing mom's robe and grabbing her little meat tenderizer for a gavel and like, I'm going to be a judge one day? 
No, I actually <laughs> never thought I'd be a judge until I'd been a lawyer for probably about 10 years. Wow. I knew I wanted to be a lawyer from the time, I think I started telling people when I was about eight. Really? I wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah. <gasps> Why do you think? I have no idea. We have no relatives that are lawyers. We didn't know any lawyers because, you know, my dad always, <sighs> he, my dad worked internationally basically until I was in high school. Yeah. And so we lived all over. And so I was never exposed to like the, the American criminal justice system yeah. or the justice system at all. And we really didn't have much television, so I never watched lawyer shows on TV. So I have no idea where oh I came gosh. up with the idea. No people's court, no Judge Judy. Nothing like that, <laughs> no. But just when I was eight, I was in third grade and started telling people, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer when I grow up. Oh, my word. And I never deviated. Wow. So if we had mom and dad young here... Would they say, like, the mini you? Were you always, like, on the playground, justice for all? Were you the one? Were you a tattletale? What's the No, deal? I wasn't a tattletale, <laughs> but my mom says that I would argue about anything. Okay. Yeah, so they were not surprised at all that I became um, a litigator. <laughs> so, which was interesting because I always thought I'd do corporate law. Okay. I was never really interested in litigation until uh, law school when I got my first taste of being in the courtroom. And I was like, oh, I really like this. This is very interesting and it's fast paced and dynamic. Yeah. And so that's what did it for me as far as going into litigation rather than corporate law. Wow. Yeah. So where was that? Was that, are you, was, did you come straight to Arizona? Oh, what, no. Where'd you guys go? No. Um, I was born in the UK and then we lived in England for several years and then we actually moved to Angola. Oh, and so we lived word. in Angola for several years until the revolution happened. And then um, when the Portuguese were basically kicked out of Angola, we had to leave. Okay. And so we went back to the UK. My sister was born. And then we went to Egypt. Wow. Yeah. And living in Egypt with um, young kids was really challenging at that point. You know, hard to get formula, diapers, oh, that kind yeah. of thing. And so we didn't live in Egypt very long. But then we moved to Italy. Oh my and so we lived in Italy for several years. And my dad likes to tell the story that I was bored. So they put me in an Italian school. And he said it was a matter of months before I was fluent in Italian. <gasps> and he would go, we lived in uh, Ravenna, which is kind of by Venice. And he had to go to Milan on business a lot. Like you do. Right. Sure. Right. So he would take me with him. <laughs> oh my God. And so I would get to go to Milan with my dad and I would be his translator. Whoa. Even At what age? What age I are was you? like, Four. Oh, I mean, my I was word. tiny, you know, <gasps> and um, he just told the story the other weekend to someone that we knew, actually. He goes, yeah, he goes, we're in Milan. He goes, and all the Italian secretaries start laughing because Anna's talking to them and they're <laughs> laughing. And my dad said, oh, no, she didn't say anything rude, did she? And they're like, <laughs> no. <laughs> they're like, not only is he, she fluent in Italian, but she has a Ravenna accent as oh, well. My and word. they just got the biggest kick out of this little <gasps> American kid. You know, speaking fluent Italian. So wow. Yeah. Okay. And then from Italy, from Italy, we ended up in Vernal, Utah, for nine months. Wow. And so, um, I don't remember exactly how we ended up in Vernal, and then we went to Durango. I mean, in Denver for a couple of years after Vernal, and then we ended up in Saudi Arabia. Wow. And so that's where I spent probably the majority of my childhood was in Saudi. Wow. Yeah. And then to Prescott. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we did Saudi, and then my dad loves Durango, Colorado, always wanted to live in Durango, Colorado, so yes. we bought a house in Durango that was going to be like our vacation house. Right. Well, we ended up moving into our vacation house after my parents left um, Saudi, and I did a couple years of high school in Durango, and then we moved to Prescott. 
Oh my god. And goodness. so I actually did my last two years of high school here in Prescott. You did? Yeah, I did. Aww. Yeah, so I'm a badger. Yay! So Prescott High School, go Badgers. <laughs> and then my parents moved back to Saudi right after I graduated. Okay. And so I moved down to Tucson, did undergrad in law school. And at that point, you know, I didn't have any family here. Yes. But I would come up to Prescott and I would visit and I would think, what a great place to live this would yeah. be when I when I get to be an adult. Yeah. And so second year of law school, I was like, maybe somebody will hire me. And so I got a job in Prescott. Wow. And then in the meantime, my parents decided to retire back to Prescott. So my parents retired here the year before I graduated from law school. Oh, my word. So, yeah. So you have been practicing law for how long? Since 1997. Okay. So, yeah, wow. so 23 years now. You've got some years under your belt. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. And I was a lawyer for 14 years before I became a judge. Wow. Yeah. Through all of that, through schooling and then here, did you have one or maybe several people that you would consider like a mentor or somebody that just really invested in you? I mean, it might have been parents, but was there somebody else that just... You know, my parents were always rock solid. My grandparents were always really rock solid. I was really lucky. I mean, mm. I, you know, I have a, a, you know, a lovely family. I yes. mean, we're small, yeah. you know, I have a brother and sister, so we're a small family, but oh. um, we're, we're really close, yeah, which has been really wonderful. That and is then wonderful. I was really fortunate. I had amazing teachers all the way through school. Yeah. I mean, I can think back, you know, in Saudi, we didn't really learn, um, like grammar and um, punctuation and things like that. Yeah. And when I moved to Durango, I had this teacher, Ms. Witt, and she was amazing. She mm. was probably in her 80s at that point. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, I was a kid, so I mean, she seemed really, really right. old to me. <laughs> yeah. But um, I remember learning how to diagram sentences, and it was all these things that I had never learned up till then, like parts of speech yeah. and things like that. And so she basically caught me up. Wow. On all those years that I'd never had classes oh, like that. Oh, we're so thankful for her. Yeah, she was lovely. That's yeah. so great. Yeah. Um, okay, I have another question. I want to know now, okay, now you're presiding judge. Presiding juvenile judge. Thank you. Presiding juvenile judge. And I know, being on the foster care side of things, some of the stories, how do you counterbalance the things that you hear and see in the courtroom? Well, that's really tough. And that's one of the things that we've really gotten to be tuned in to in the last couple of years is the, the idea of vicarious trauma. Yeah. The, the people who work in this system, you know, DCS workers, the attorneys, the counselors, I mean, everybody suffers from vicarious trauma because we do, we hear these really awful stories yes. in what we do. And so you have to really be aware of if you're starting to feel down yourself, mm -hmm. if you're not sleeping well and things like that. And so... We've tried to do a good job about educating people about vicarious trauma so that way they know about self-care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So what are some of the things you like to do in I, this beautiful area? I love to hike. Mm. So I have a, a good friend that I hike with frequently, and um, so we're out and about all the time, yeah. which is really nice. And then I am a home improvement fanatic. Are you really? I am. You're a DIYer. Oh, yes. Yeah. When I had cable, the only reason I had cable was for HGTV and VOA oh. Network. Oh, fixer yeah. upper. Exactly. Sister, yeah. <laughs> I have home improvement for dummies, you know, and um, I have touched every surface in my home. Did you purposely buy an, like a, a fixer-upper so you could do all that or do you no, just... No, I just ended up buying a fixer-upper because I didn't know any better. Right. And now <laughs> you do. Things. Yeah. 
and, but I'm pretty fearless. And yeah. so I, I like home improvement projects. I've taken popcorn off the ceilings. I've ripped oh, up the carpet, sanded nice. down wood floors. My quarantine project yeah. that I've been doing since March yes. is actually to be, I've done a whole built-in pantry system around my oh. fridge. Oh, my word. Yeah, it's almost done. So, yeah. So you got all the tools. You got a cute tool belt. Is it pink? It is, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Funny. No, uh, one of my friends <laughs> who is actually a court of appeals judge now, Jennifer Campbell, she brought me uh, she bought me a pink tool belt one year, Cute. and I think it was for my birthday. So, oh, that's so fun. I, in fact, do own a pink tool belt. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, man. Okay, on that note, Real Talk listeners, we are going to have to um, close our show. But before we do, we have a few more minutes. I want to know, was there anything that you wanted to share with us about yourself or that you want the good people of our small town to know about you? Or was there anything you wanted to mention? I know we're going to do a part two, but I didn't want to cut you off from anything. No, no. You know, I just, I love working with kids and families. Yeah. And I had volunteered um, on the board of Big Brothers Big Sisters for six years before I became a judge. Wow. And so just seeing the you know power of mentoring and things like that. Mm. Um, and what I do, you know, sometimes we talked about vicarious trauma, but I see a lot of happy stuff too. Yes. You know, I see parents who are able to reunify with their children. Yes. I see adoptions. And so, um, yeah, it's not, not all doom and gloom. No. I see a lot of happiness in my courtroom as well, which is wonderful. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. And I know um, I've gotten to meet with Quincy Castleberry, who kind of, you know, runs the CASA program. And for those of you that don't know what CASA is, you need to look into that, and I'll have that in the show notes. Um, amazing program, and I know that you have really done a great job kind of trying to just keep that going and improving and yeah, and getting CASAs for kids. Our CASA volunteers are amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's an unpaid position, and they are doing it strictly because they care about the kids in our community. Yeah, you have a great team here. We really do. Yeah, yeah I'm very, very fortunate. Yeah, yeah. you really are. Yeah. So with that, Real Talk listeners, it's been another Real Talk. I'm your host, Raylene Challoner. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want to know more about foster care and adoption, please feel free to Google Real Talk Prescott and message me, or you can always email me at realtalkprescott at gmail.com. But it's bye for now. So what exactly are essential oils and what can they do for you? Well, they can play an important role in your family's health. We'd like to introduce you to Jody Randolph, developer of Creating Healthy Families Naturally. Jody is passionate about helping moms understand the importance of physical, emotional, and financial success with the use of doTERRA essential oils. Learn more about her weekly classes at jodyrandolph.com or call 928-899-7257. Listen to the name. Journey Real Estate Investments and Management, founded in 2008, they bring a new and vibrant experience to property owners like marketing, rigorous screening, drawing up leases, lease enforcement, rent collections, and more, all done with dignity and respect. And that's just the start. If you need property management, look to Journey Real Estate Investments and Management, 928-776-8464. That's 928-776-8464 or journeyazrealestate.com.
Why would you ever add graphic design to your car? Well, because you own a business and need a moving billboard. Because you want to add a really cool accent color to your boring beige sedan. Maybe you'd like a natural graphic. Or you'd like to do something more creative with your company logo. Whatever you want. ML Arts Vinyl Graphics and Design does it all. From partial wraps to full commercial wraps. Give them a call. 928-308-3568. ML Arts Vinyl Graphics and Design. 